Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad we can go to him. Wow. It's a wonderful peace. When you begin to worship the Lord, just, just knowing that he's going to take care of everything. It's going to be all right. Everything's going to be fine. That little baby's going to be fine in Jesus' name. It's going to be all right. God's good to us. Wonderful presence. I'm glad we have a God that can be touched. The scripture says, for we have not a high priest who cannot be touched, but so I'm glad that we have a high priest that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He knows what we've been through. He knows what we're going through. And, and we can touch God. And as we started this year with this 40-day fast, that's our intention. We want to touch the Lord. We want to, we want to be entreated of by Him. We want, we want Him to hear what we're praying, hear what we're crying out for, and, and have God move in our lives. And so, um, you know, we... Fasting is something usually we teach on about once a year. Uh, probably needs to be taught on more than that. But uh, and we kind of skim over it. Sometimes we read, well, fasting's in the Bible, but that's just fasting. There's, there's more important things. And Well, uh, I don't know that we can classify fasting as unimportant at any time. Not if you read the the counts of fasting in the scripture but um, uh, you can be seated tonight go ahead I'm going to because I'm going to probably talk before I get to the first scripture just not to not going to ramble but just talk a little bit about fasting fasting is not pleasant even uh, a staged fast as this is not pleasant fasting if you were to just simply define it would be the willful Refrainment from eating. It's when you are not not forced, but when you make a decision, I am not going to put food or drink into my body. And uh, the world has grabbed hold of fasting as a health benefit, and it is a health benefit, and it can be completely only that if you want it to be. It can be uh, a health benefit. It can... Uh, help to you to detox it can uh you know help set your whatever it is back in rhythm uh, all this keto stuff thing i don't i don't know about all this kind of stuff i just know that i see a lot of people now advertising and as soon as we started talking about fasting doing fasting everything on your phone pops up for, for all these new diets and things like that so i guess they're listening hope y'all listening you need to go to church. You need to go to church. <laughs> yeah. Praise God. So, you know, but fasting is the most basic way for us uh, to deny our flesh. That's it, food. Food is our most uh, essential thing. We want food and drink. We need that. And so the, the most basic way to deny your flesh that will actually affect your flesh is through fasting because you will begin to feel it. If you're doing the 40-day fast with us, uh, you probably already feel a little weaker. Your energy level is probably not where it has been. Um, maybe you've got that sugar, caffeine headache from not having 
uh, unless you're having coffee, maybe you're not experiencing this yet, but uh, if you are following the fast according to this paper, then you've probably got that little, little headache, little annoying headache, uh, or maybe a severe headache. Some people, it's, it hits them pretty hard. Um, but when you begin to deny your body of those things, it will affect you. It'll make you weaker. Your joints will ache. Your muscles will ache. You'll get tired a lot easier. You'll be nodding off, hopefully not while you're driving. But, um, you know, you'll, you'll be weaker in your body. That's what it does. It, it begins to affect your body. And so for if you're only wanting to affect your body and be healthier, well, there you go. It's, it's nothing more than a diet. But when you decide that I am going to abstain from food or begin to take away things that I put in my body for the Lord, uh, we must join it with, uh, number one, faith that this is a fast to the Lord. But then also we must do things that are uh, God-like. We need to be praying. We need to be seeking God if we're fasting. You know, if you're just not having any food and laying in the bed, you're sleeping and dieting. You need, to, you need to be praying and fasting, seeking God, doing things, because people in the Scripture, when they would fast, they had a reason for that. They wanted to see God move. And so uh, fasting for us, uh, we do, we refrain from that. eating. It, it does affect us. And let me tell you, you will feel better at the end of this 40-day fast if you do it, because if you follow it, you will lose maybe not as much weight as you want, but you'll lose weight. Uh, but you'll begin, your body will be glad for a lot of the stuff. That some of us say, well, I, I eat pretty healthy. Yeah, but we don't, nah, we don't. <laughs> you know, eat, eating, uh, you know, a piece of fruit once or twice a week, that's not healthy. That's, that's you know, that's like trying to live for the Lord on the praying once or twice a week. You know, it's, you got to, uh, it, it needs to be consistent, you know. And so, as children of God, there's no doubt about it. If you read the scripture, we are called to fast. Uh, I believe that we are even expected to fast. I believe the time that we are in warrants that the church fast and pray. Jesus said it like this in Mark chapter 2, and I'm going to get to my title in just a moment, but in Mark chapter 2, uh, verses 18 through 20, uh, they were questioning him. The disciples of John and the Pharisees used to fast, it says, and they come and say unto him, Why do the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away, from them, and then shall they fast in those days. He said, there's a time coming that it will uh, be essential. It will warrant. They will fast in that day. Uh, but while I'm here with them, there's no need to fast. There's no need for them to be fasting right now. They, they're not going to be fasting right now, but there is a time coming. Well, we're in that time. He has been taken away. And uh, we don't see him here walking on earth, but he is in us. But while we are waiting his return, we should be fasting. If he's not here, then we should be fasting. His people should be praying and fasting and seeking his face. And when he, hey, guess what? 
going to be fasting in heaven. Because oh, fasting's unpleasant. Ain't nothing unpleasant in heaven. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to a place where there'll be no more tears. Ain't no fasting in heaven. <laughs> Hello. So, uh, but while we are waiting on the return of Jesus, and, and the reason that I'm going, kind of going this route on this fasting, uh, starting out this, this way is that our, our word for the year, our, our phrase, whatever you want to call it, all in, is, is that we need to be all in, and that means doing the things that Scripture requires us and asks of us to do, we're going to be all in. I'm not just going to pick and choose the things I want to do. I'm going to do the things that the Bible says I should do, and fasting is one of the things that God's children should be doing. Jesus said, while the bridegroom's gone, they'll be fasting. Well, he hadn't come back yet, but he is coming. So until he does, we need to pick up that mantle of fasting, and we need to begin again to do what the church, early church did and fast and pray. Let me tell you, any old elder saint of God that you hear talk about signs and wonders and miracles, uh, you ask them if they had a fasting life, and they will say, absolutely, I had a fasting life. And did your church fast? Yes, our church would fast. They would have groups of people that would just fast. I, I had told this to some uh, people before, but Brother Everhart uh, had told us um, some of the ministers and things in our ministers' meetings. He said, when our church began to see these great moves of God, where these miracles and signs were happening, he said it was a time where we were praying and fasting and seeking the Lord. And he said he would take a group of men and go up to his farm. And he said we would stay for a couple of days and we would pray and fast. And he said we'd go out into this pine grove out uh, on some of his property. And he said we would spend hours just out in the woods together praying, fasting, and, and seeking the Lord. Well, they come back and then God's just moving mightily. And, and so I'm telling you, when you pray, Yes, it works, but also when you fast, it works. Uh, fasting uh, shows God, uh, if it shows him anything, it shows, hey, they're serious because people love to eat, and people know they have to eat to live. And, hey, just we have food that's so readily accessible. I mean, most people, I mean, as far as I know in here, most people, you may not just have, uh, you know, just overwhelming amounts of food, but you most likely you can get up and go to the kitchen and find something to eat if you're hungry. You can find a bag, a bag of chips, a bag of cookies, a can of soup, something, some ramen noodles. There's something in there that you can eat. And that's why fasting for us uh, should really, uh, we should take it on because it helps us to deny something that is just so easily accept, accessible for us that we don't even think about it. It's nothing to just walk through the kitchen and grab something and go sit down and Snack, you know. So uh, it's not like we're just waiting on every meal to come by. We we're, we're grazing all day long. Uh, hey, if you've got an office, probably on your desk, you probably got stuff. And hey, in my office, I buy stuff and keep it in there. It don't stay long because if I'm here, I'm reaching in the snack basket over there. I'm getting something to eat. It, it's just there. And a lot of times, I'm not hungry. It's just there. We need to stop doing things that are just there. And so we need to fast, and, and we're, we're supposed to fast. It's part of who we are. Jesus said this, and you've heard me uh, preach this uh, many times before, but in Matthew chapter 6, in verse 16, he said, Moreover, when, I just love that word right there, because that settles it, when, 
when that shows expectation for something to happen. When you fast. He didn't say if you fast, if you want to fast, should you ever fast. He said when you fast. He expects, I'm talking to my people, so I'm expecting them to, that they will fast. I expect that they will take time to uh, mortify their flesh and, and get their flesh under subjection. And, and well, how does uh, that get my flesh under subjection? And Because you're denying it. You learn to start denying. If you can start denying that craving for food, God designed us to eat. We have to have food to live. And if you can push that basic instinct down, if you can say no to the cakes and to the bread and to the cheese and to the coffee and all these other things that you love that you just feel, I can't live without it. Well, you can. But, but if you learn to push that behind you, it's a lot easier to say no to all the other things. It's a lot easier. You learn to be able to say no to clicking on that website. You learn to be able to say no to taking that drink, to lighting that pipe. Come on, somebody. You learn to say no to the other things that really damage your soul. And so fasting is very important for us. So Jesus said, when you fast, and then he, uh, not only is it an expectation, but he said, look, don't be like a hypocrite, sad countenance. They disfigure their faces so they can show everybody I'm fasting. You know, now he's talking about your personal fasting life. And so you should have that. You should have a personal fasting life. You should have a, a time. Listen, fasting cannot be continual. You'll die. But it should be routine. And I don't mean just by, oh, it's just routine. I mean it should be part of your habit. It should be part of your walk. Fasting should be in there somewhere. It does not have to be 40 days every time. It doesn't have to be 21 days or 7 days or 3 days. It can be 12 hours. You can wake up that day and say, hey, uh, I'm not doing anything until noon. I'm getting up at 6 in the morning. I'm praying. I'm not going to have water, coffee, drink, anything. I'm going to pray, read the word. You could fast the morning. You give that to God. God sees that. And we'll get to that in a minute. God sees what you're doing in your fast. Now, you may fast two days, three days, seven days, whatever you want to do. But the point is, is that you have some time when you're fasting. But then if you're fasting, when somebody sees you, they say, hey, man, how you doing? Oh. Ooh, man, I ain't had coffee in three days. What's the matter with you, man? I'm fasting. I'm getting spiritual. <laughs> you sound like it. Uh, you know, sound like you have some kind of spirit growling like that. I don't know what's going on with you. He said, that's their reward. They want somebody to know, look what I'm doing for God. But he said, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, you know, make, fix yourself, you know, uh, you know, so you don't appear. You're not putting off this appearance, hey, I'm fasted, but your father, which is a secret, uh, which he sees in secret, he will reward you openly. God's going to answer you for your prayers and your fasting. Prayer and fasting go hand in hand. I do know that when you are fasting and you work a job, you can't be praying all the time, but you pray when you can. And, uh, and if you think, well, I work, I can't fast, that's not true. 
because when I first uh, got in the church, I worked unloading and loading trailers by hand, and I used to fast, and I would, and this is past tense. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or disfigure my face for nobody. I'm just telling you it can be done because it was hot and it was heavy work and it was hard work, but I would pray and say, God, you know I am fasting to you. Give me the strength I need to work. Yeah. Left it at that yeah. and, and went to work and did what I could do. And uh, God helped me every day, and I would make it through those fasts and not fall out in the trailer. I would, I would make it through. God will help you yeah. if you want to fast. Listen, these guys that did 40 days, uh, they were in the presence of the Lord. God helped them in them 40 days yeah. and uh, because he knew what they were doing. They were fasting in him. So Jesus expects us to fast. I want to do what Jesus wants me to do, so I'm going to fast. Sure, I'm going to love people. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast because Jesus expects it. And hey, you never know how a fast doesn't always just affect you, but people in your circle. Now, there's no scripture that will, you will find anywhere that says fasting is essential to your initial salvation. It does not say repent, be baptized fast. It doesn't say that. Right. Salvation is salvation. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Be born of water, be born of the Spirit. That is your salvation. Right. But that's your initial salvation. But now you've got to stay saved because Jesus said, He that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. There's going to be some endurance. Fasting will help you endure. Yes. <laughs> Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that fasting, without, people without a fasting life are on very shaky ground. Up and down, up and down. Can never seem to get steady. Fasting will steady your life. It'll help you. I'm going to show you in a minute. It, it helps you get through by a man who knew about it. But, so uh, when we're fasting to God, uh, trust God in that fast. And believe that God's going to get you through. It's, we need to fast. We should be fasting in our life. So I hope that even after this 40 days is over. We used to say this in announcements. We had Wednesday was our church fast day. We haven't really announced it or talked about that lately. But maybe we should just start that back up and say, hey, listen, Wednesday is our church fast day. If you attend restoration, try to make Wednesday your fast day. If you want your own personal fast day so nobody knows about it, do that. You know, uh, come home in the evenings and, and hey, I'm home. I'm not eating anything until tomorrow morning. I'm going to read and pray for a while and before I go to bed and I'm just going to not have anything. Make your, find a place to insert fasting into your life and never say you can't fast because you can. Fasting Real fasting won't kill you because fasting has a stopping point. Right. So you're not, you're not one of them people that's like, hey, I'm on one of these uh, starvation protests where I'm not going to eat for so long. But, of course, them Jews in, in the book of Acts, they may have died because they said they weren't going to eat till they killed Paul. And I, said, I, I don't want to happen to them. But another point, Paul, speaking of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, Paul starts this chapter off, we as workers together with him, we work with the Lord. We are in this 
uh, to see the kingdom promoted and, and, and see things happening. And so uh, he begins to uh, go through some things, and, but in verse 3 he said, We're not giving, giving no offense to anything, the ministry be not blamed. Now, in verse 4, but in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God. Now, we want to make sure we're shining the right light, doing the right things. I want to do everything that will be approving. I want to make sure I am approving myself as a minister of God. And he says, in all things, so in much patience. Sure, we need patience. We know that. In afflictions, well, we got that. In necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings. Approving ourselves as ministers of God in fastings. If you, especially if you are a minister, have a ministry, you should be fasting so that you can find the mind of God, hear the voice of God, and surely keep your flesh under subjection. But every one of us has been given that uh, measure of faith. And every one of us has a ministry of reconciliation. And every one of us have the ability to tell somebody about the gospel. We are all ministers in some capacity. And so this letter is to the church. And so while uh, you may say, well, he's talking about the apostles, those guys that were back then. He's not talking, no, he's talking about us. Or let's just take the whole New Testament out. We, we, we can't say he's only writing that to them. He's not only writing that to them, it's for us. Every word is given by God. And it's profitable for our doctrine, for our reproof, for our correction. So all these things. So listen, uh, we need to be approved. We're like, well, I, 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 I pay my tithes. I, I, I come to church. You know, I, I, I sing in the choir, teach a Bible study. That's all. That's good. Are you fasting? Well, I, I, I really, you know, fasting ain't my thing. It was Jesus' thing. I wish I could be like Paul. Are you fasting? I wish I had revelations like Paul. Are you fasting? <laughs> I wish I could write letters or speak or preach like Paul. Are you fasting? Because Paul believed in fasting. And so he said, approving ourselves as ministers of God in fastings. He went on in, verse, in chapter 11, in verse 27, uh, he is defending his apostleship there. He, he had, was talking about some of the the Jews that were there, the Hebrews, so am I. The Israelites, so am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? And he said, I am more. And then he begins this long list. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. Prison, more frequent. In death, often. Jews, five times I received. Forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. Journey is often perils of water, perils of robbers, perils by my own countrymen. Perils by the heathen, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often. Often. Now, fasting is right in the middle of the most miserable list I have ever read in my life. There wasn't a single thing in that list that's brings a smile to my face. Shipwreck, beaten, you know, wild animals, hunger, thirst, cold, naked, fasting. 
Fasting is not designed to be pleasant, but it will bring a pleasant outcome. I said earlier, if you want to endure to the end to be saved, well, let me tell you, here's a man that endured. Uh, How come none of these things ended him? All these beatings he took, the times he was shipwrecked, the times he was stoned, all these perils that he listed, peril after peril after peril, yet he's still going because in fastings, that was my uh, title tonight, in fastings often, that we need to find ourselves in the place that the apostles did and that the the early church did, that we have not bookshelved fasting and like, yeah, that was a part of their history, but it's not part of ours. Listen, we're not going to have a history if we lay off prayer and fasting. If we want to handicap a move of God for our church or for our city, let's just quit fasting. Let's just go, hey, because you're not going to fast, why pray? They're, they're equally important. They, they go hand in hand. Uh, Jesus mentioned that in that uh, Matthew chapter 6. He talked about praying, fasting, and giving. All three of those things are things that are very vital, important. And he said, when you give, when you fast, when you pray, he expects it. People that like to sit on their wallet, check the word. He said, when you give, he expects people to give. Uh, If if people want to rob God in their tithing offering, by all means, go ahead. That's between you and the Lord. But you'll put a curse on yourself that you can't pray your way out of. It's the word. And so is, is, is all that is as important as anything. We need to, to fast. We need to d- be doing the things that God wants us to do and pray, seek, fast, fast unto the Lord. Find a way that we can uh, be a blessing to somebody else. I, I mentioned earlier that you know, uh, fasting is not maybe vital in our initial salvation that we know of because it might have been what, not because you fasted, but because somebody else fasted. There's people sitting in here on seats tonight that you're here because somebody else spent time fasting and calling your name out to the Lord. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah the, the, the reason you, you got back or you ever got in is because somebody prayed and fasted and called on the Lord for you. You know, I think fasting ain't never affected me. Where are you sitting? You don't know how many uh, meals somebody skipped so they could see you worshiping in the house of God. Cornelius was a fasting man, Acts chapter 10. He told Peter when Peter finally showed up at his house, he said, he said, I was fasting, been fasting for, for several hours, about this hour, an angel showed up in the room. Fasting will get things moving. He was a devout man, said feared God, gave much alms to the people and he prayed. He prayed, he fasted, and he gave. Three things that Jesus taught. I don't know if you ever heard Jesus speak in his life, but he was doing the things that Jesus said you ought to do. But he was fasting. He said, while I was fasting, an angel showed up, told me to send for you. Here you are. Tell me what we got to do. And so Peter's like, wow. Well, I perceive God's no respecter of a person. And Peter begins to preach Jesus. While he's preaching, the Holy Ghost falls on that household, Cornelius' house, his whole household now, filled the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. Who can forbid water that these men should not be baptized as we are? Baptized them all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Guess what? 
A whole household of people got saved because one man was fasting. So they may say, I fasted. No, I don't ever fast. Fasting don't ever affect me. Oh, it did. It got you saved. It, it got the answer. It got you where you needed to be, where you could hear the message. And so sometimes you don't even realize how fasting, uh, you'd be, be thankful that somebody fasted and prayed and sought the Lord and said, hey, uh, you know, there's something uh, that you need here. And, uh, and then even uh, just in Acts chapter 27, Paul's on a ship, middle of a storm. And he's got uh, all these soldiers, centurions and people, and there's some prisoners there and all that, but the, those that were rowing the ship and doing the ship and making sure it was staying afloat, watching all the prisoners, 14 days they had been fasting in a storm. And Paul finally said, listen, that's enough. You've been going 14 days. The Lord has said not a hair on any of your heads is going to be hurt. You're going to all be all right. 14 days of fasting got them a, a word of comfort, a word of peace that helped them understand that, hey, we're going to be all right. Might be in the middle of a storm, but we're going to be all right. Man, we've got storms in this world plenty. We need to be able to hear a word from God. Well, guess what? It don't always just come by us going, hey, God, can you speak up? Sometimes we're going to have to show the Lord we're serious about what we're doing and we're serious about what's happening in our life and we want to hear from God. And when we will pray and fast, deny this flesh, shut this flesh down for a while, uh, that's when we're going to begin to see God really begin to move in our life. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, do not run away from fasting. Do not put that on somebody else's shoulder. Well, they got a fasting ministry. <laughs> Ain't nobody got a fasting ministry. <laughs> we should all have fasting in our ministries. We, but, but ain't nobody just like, yeah, they're a faster. That's, a, a, that's not a license title or anything. That's nothing. There's no licensing for uh, you're, you're ordained as a faster. That's, that's, that's not how it works. But fasting should be in your routine. It moves and then if there would be any other reason at all that we could, that we would think, hey, I'm not going to fast, number one, the servant is not greater than his master. Right. And our master would fast. Yeah. Jesus fast. Uh, we read about him fasting. Uh, there's in, in the scriptures, in the gospels, three accounts in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, all the accounts of Jesus going into the wilderness to fast for 40 days. And, uh, you know, you can say, well, you know, Pastor, I, I, I know I, I read that, and that's awesome what Jesus did, but I'm not Jesus. You know, that, that was Jesus. That's, that's God in the flesh. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's Jesus. You know, he can do that. Well, uh, the things that I do and greater things shall you do. Uh, fasting was one of the things that he did. So I'm not, I'm not, there's no escape clause here. There's no loophole for getting out of fasting. He fasted. Peter said it like this, First Peter 2 and 21. He said, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Well, you know where his steps led him? It led him into the wilderness to fast for 40 days. If we're following him, we're going to be fasting. Uh, if we're not, maybe we're not following him. We need to be following him. We need to be fasting. Uh, 
in his, his accounts, especially uh, in Matthew uh, chapter 4, the first uh, few verses here, I'm just going to read a couple of them. Uh, it says, Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Uh, now, number one, it's by the Spirit. You know, uh, when you just decide to, to not eat food and but never pray or it's not a God thing, you're just you're on a diet. That's, a, that's what it is. Jesus was led of the Spirit. Fasting is spiritual when it is tied to spiritual things. And so uh, the reason is, is the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Not weak so much as like, oh, it doesn't have any strength, but the flesh is weak uh, in temptations and uh, taking care of itself. Uh, uh, that's what when the Lord said, you know, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. He didn't mean it's, it's like natural strength, how much you can bench press or how much you can pick up. He's talking about, your resistance to the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, to, to taking care of yourself. And, and that's what uh, Peter and them, they, they oh, oh, it just feels so good to shut my eyes for a minute. They couldn't, they, they, their flesh was weak. Spirit, spirit was willing, oh, I'm going to go with you to the death. But, right. ooh, I sure am tired. I could use a nap, you know, but uh, take a nap and then jump up and cut people's ears off. I mean, he's, right. you know, he's, that's the way Peter was. But I've got to get my flesh under subjection. I need to make sure that I don't let this, uh, because the weakness of resistance that the flesh has is very strong. Whenever our flesh gets weak, that temptation is overpowering, and you can't fight it. And in your spirit, you're like, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but here I am. And you know why? Because you haven't worked on whooping your flesh. And we need to get our flesh under subjection. It says, Then Jesus led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil when, when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Afterward, he was hungry. Sure he was. He said afterwards. You know, you get to a point when you're fasting and praying, you can believe it or not, but you don't feel the hunger anymore. Right. You don't feel the, the effects of it anymore. You, you get into an extended fast, and it's harder to break the fast than it was to start it. Right. I have cried more tears at the end of a fast because I, I felt like I was letting the Lord down. It was like, I got to eat sometime, I know, but I can't stop yet. Yeah, I feel so bad. For, that's the worst bite of sandwich I ever had. You know, just like... <laughs> Just crying while you're eating. Just, sorry, Lord. But it's because you, you've gotten to a point where you're, you're in a place where everything is, your flesh is not bothering you. You're in a place where you're, you're communicating with God and you're hearing, hearing from the Lord and you're, you're seeing things in Scripture and it's just everything's going good and, and you don't want that to end. But it said Jesus was hungry when this was over with and then here comes the tempter. It says, if you're the son of God, then command these stones be made bread. But he said, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Listen, when you've been fasting, you don't have to take no orders from the enemy no more. If you're the son of God, then command. Hey, it's written. 
you already know there's an answer. There's a, an answer for what's coming after you. And he knew that hunger would be, oh, I'm going to hit him with hunger because he ain't eat in 40 days. He's going to be starving. I'm going to hit him right with what I know what he wants the most. And let me tell you, when you will fast, when the enemy comes at you with what he knows gets you the most, you'll be able to say, uh-uh. Time, hey, it was a time you'd have me, but, but I, I, I've spent some time away. I've got my flesh under subjection. And, and so as much as Jesus was as hungry as he was, he knew I'm not going to listen to the enemy and be tempted and, and, and set, try to satisfy my flesh by the suggestion of the enemy because you know right now how it is. Things go haywire in your life. The first thing that happens is that enemy comes up and says, go on and crack that seal on that bottle. Go on and light that cigarette. Come on. Go on and light that pipe. Go on and click on that website. Go ahead because it'll make it all go away. And you're just like, it will. I know it will. No, it won't. No, it won't. But when you've been fasting and praying and seeking God, pushing your flesh back, let me tell you, you just tell them, mm, it's written. I'll set no evil thing before my eyes. It's written. Oh, come on, somebody. You'll have an answer from the Lord. Uh, listen, you can, uh, and here, here's the thing. And then there's two more temptations. Both times Jesus shuts him down with the word of God. Number one, he has been in submission. He was led by the spirit into the wilderness to fast. He was under submission. He resisted the devil, and at the end of these temptations said, the devil leaveth him. You know what the scripture says? Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Well, he just gave us the example right there. You're, you're going to be under submission to God when you go on a fast. Uh, then you'll have the power to resist, and he'll have to flee. And then it says angels came and ministered unto him. He, he, he was, had heavenly things happening in his life because he fasted. He's, and listen, these were given, uh, left for us for an example. He showed you, hey, if it, if it happened with me, it'll happen with you. And so if, if he did those things, and he said, these things I did, you're going to do, and greater things shall you do, fasting is going to be part of it. It's just going to happen. And now there's a, a let me see how I'm doing on time. Whenever I teach on fasting, a lot of times I bring this um, Jesus fasts 40 days, defeats the enemy, the devil's gone. I don't, I don't see the devil messing with him no more. You know, he's, he's walking in power. As a matter of fact, if you read in Luke, it says, and after that, Jesus came in the power of the Spirit and started preaching. Right. And man, he's, he's setting everything right. He's signs, wonders, miracles, devils cast out. He's walking on water, feeding multitudes, raising the dead, healing all sickness. I mean, it's, it's on. He's doing what he, he came here to do. But he makes a statement. In John chapter 14, he said, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, but he has nothing in me. Now the prince of this world is, is Satan. Jesus is headed to the cross. He's about to endure uh, all manner of hurt. He's going to be betrayed. He's going to be uh, abandoned, he's going to be denied, they're going to hurt him physically, emotionally, humiliate him, and he's going to be nailed to a cross, and he's going to die, but Satan could not stop him because he had nothing in Jesus. Jesus defeated him when he overcame him in the wilderness. Now, uh, whenever, 
the reason that uh, he, you know, we see he did this 40-day fast and now he can make this statement. And so we do a 40-day fast. There are some things in Scripture that you can tie to 40. I want to, sh- I want to share this with you because some of you I know haven't been here since I ever taught this and, and maybe it'll open your eyes to some things. But in Matthew 12 and 24, when Jesus is casting out spirits, it says, when the Pharisees heard that he was casting out devils, they said, this fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. The word, the title Beelzebub means Lord of the Flies. Now, flies, if he is, if Beelzebub is the Lord of the Flies, that means flies are his evil spirits, his, his demons, his minions, whatever. So flies represent demon spirits. Uh, how many people love flies? Aggravating, nasty. You know where they've been flying around, what they've been sitting on. Garbage, rotten, dead things. They, they're born out of dead things a lot of times. Uh, they've come in infestations. They uh, get in your food. All, you, and like all kind of, you just can't say, well, that's demon spirits. Attach themselves to our lives as generational curses, as bondage, strongholds of the mind, lust, perversion, addictions of every kind. That's how there's many spirits going out into the land. Ecclesiastes 10 and 1 says that dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. Flies would get into the anointing oil, get stuck, die, and spoil the fragrance, and it would have to be thrown out. It couldn't be used in the temple. These flies, these spirits, want to hinder your anointing. They want to pollute your worship. They want to ruin your prayer life and your walk. Our anointing, the scripture says the anointing destroys the yoke, but if it gets polluted, it's no good. So how do we get rid of the flies in our life? Because a fly swatter won't get it. In the natural, the reproductive cycle of flies of any species can range from one day to as many as 40 days. To exterminate an infestation from a crop, you have to spray pesticide for 40 consecutive days to utterly destroy them. If you stop short of 40 days, you only kill the existing generation, but the next one lives on. If we fast and pray 40 days, hello, we can kill some things, we can break some things, Come on, we, we, can, we can destroy it so we don't pass it on to the next generation. If you can't, listen, that's what I'm saying. If you can't seem to fully break free from habit or sin or addictions, they keep coming back, then it could be generational. And it's going to take a dedicated effort to see it destroyed. 40 days, Jesus said, I beat you. Forty days, you tried me with everything. You tried me at my, the most base of, of needs, and I got past you. You tried to tempt me with all the things that this world could offer. I got past you. You tried to get me to tempt the Lord and, and prove that I was who I said I was. Got past you. You have nothing in me. I'm going to this cross, and I'm going to finish this work, and you have nothing. You can't accuse me. You can't say, I did this, I did that. You have nothing in me. He defeated him. After a 40-day fast, he defeated the Lord of the flies. And Jesus said, I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. Uh, So guess what? That power doesn't just come through that name, but it comes through the things he said we can do. We can follow his example in fasting 
and have the same results. Be victorious. Say, you don't have nothing in me. I know I'm running out of time, so I've got to try to, try to slip through here. Uh, 40 in the scripture represents cleansing and purifying in many different places. In the book of Genesis, when God wanted to wash wickedness off the face of the earth, 40 days and 40 nights, the flood was on the earth. And it washed away the evil in uh, the earth. He said, everything in the earth shall die. He got rid of it. He let the children of Israel, the unbelievers, wander 40 years. And they all died. Those that did not believe died. Uh, he said they were, had a wicked heart of unbelief. And he let them wander for 40 years. And he got rid of that generation that didn't believe. That's what he did. Just think, if he did that, if he used 40 uh, to, to remove that, what if we would follow his example and fast 40 days? What could we get out of our life? What could we? That, that was the voice of the ones who, who said, we can't do it. God... Uh, that land will eat us up, but we can't, you know, man, you can silence the voices of doubt in your mind and in your life and in your walk. Moses fasted 40 days and got the Ten Commandments. After he broke them and God was ready to destroy Israel, he fasted another 40 days, interceded for Israel, and got another set of tablets. But both times, fasting 40 days. 40 days to hear from the Lord. In Jonah chapter 3, when uh, Jonah finally uh, gets out of the belly of the fish and he's, he's there to, to preach in Nineveh, it says the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, preach to it, the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah rose, went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest even to the least. When the word came to the king, he arose from his throne, put his robe off, covered himself with sackcloth and ashes. He caused it to be, to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh, by the decree of the kings and his nobles, let neither man, beast, herd, flock, taste anything, let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let, every, let them turn everyone from his evil way, from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn, repent, and turn away from his fierce anger so we perish not? God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. When they were given 40 days, the people got serious with God and they fasted. Boy, if this world could get serious with God and fast. I'm talking about, man, we're covering the animals in sackcloth and ash. Nobody's eating. Nobody's drinking. Nobody. No, I mean, nothing. No, no animals getting water. Nobody. We're serious. God's fixing to take us out. We need an answer we need God to spare us. We need something. And guess what? They got serious about doing it. And guess what? God turned that around and, and did not destroy them. And uh, it works. Whenever people get serious and pray and fast and seek God, it moves him to pay attention. It sets us free from all kind of things. God will take care of us. Jesus said in Matthew 17 and 21, this kind can go out. The only way it can leave is by prayer and fasting. I thought, I've thought about that a lot today, that, that scripture. Why? Because they were already there. 
they couldn't fast yet because you're still with them. It's just, you know, well, there was an example. He, he knew they couldn't cast it out when they, whenever they got there. But um, he said, this kind only goes out by prayer and fasting. I thought, well, okay, so that means there's some things in our life that are only going to be vacated through prayer and fasting. But the, the thing is, is that look who cast it out, the one who had been fasting. So I realize I've got to fast because he fasted. If I'm going to do the things that he did and greater things, then I've got to do the things that he did, and he fasted. And so I'm going to have to uh, get serious about not just praying but about fasting so that I can uh, get rid of some things that, hey, boy, this just don't want to seem to go. Have you fasted? This doesn't want to seem to change. Have you fasted? Oh, I can't fast. It gives me a headache. Yeah. I can't fast. It makes my muscles ache. Mm -hmm. If you think you're going to fast and not feel it physically, well, you've never fasted, obviously, (laughs) because you will. Yeah, you know, do you think that Moses didn't have a headache fasting 40 days? You think uh, the prophet right there, he, he gave him a little bit of food and said, here, now go f- the next 40 days on this food I just gave you. You think that, that he did, yeah, he went that 40 days, but he didn't say that he was just smiling and grinning and yeah, everything's good. He was a bag of bones in the 40 days. Tired, weary, he's human. God didn't make him superhuman. But he said, you're not going to die. But you're going to feel it. You're going to suffer. Guess what? Even Jesus lost weight when he fasted 40 days. He's the Lord. Yeah, he is, but he still, he would have lost weight too because he was human. And so don't let headaches and muscle aches stop you from fasting because you're going to have them. But you're supposed to be looking toward what you're praying for, what you're trying to achieve. And so, man, if, if it had been about well, I'm not, I want to avoid discomfort. The Lord would have never went to the cross. And so, it, yeah, it may not be a comfort. Even Jesus was hungry after 40, yeah, probably very hungry, but uh, he still didn't you know, let that stop him short of what he had to do. We can't stop short of what Jesus wants us to do. There are some things that simply uh, we have to fast for. It's not going to change any other way. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 16, when you fast, he said in verse 18 that our Father that sees the secret will reward us openly. But in verse 25, he said, listen, is not the life more than meat? We, you know, we, oh, I, I can't do without food. I can't miss a meal now. Is not our life more than meat? Sure it is. We pay too much attention to our flesh. All right, well, amen myself. We pay too much attention to our flesh. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat, drink, and be merry. I'm going to have what I'm going to have. I'm going to, you know, it's not, you know, the Lord's not against us having stuff in our lives. But if we have anything we can't set down, oh, I, oh, I could set it down, but you never do. Yeah, that's, that's like people say, oh, I could quit any time, but you never do. It ain't got me. I got this. I, I'm good, man. I can, I can quit anytime. Yeah. That's, how, that's why you never quit. And so I can give that up if I want to. I can let it up, but you don't. 
And that's what the Lord's saying. When are my people going to do what I've, give, I've given them access into great things? When are they going to take it up and do it? When will you fast? When will you fast? This life is more than just feeding and nurturing our flesh. We must nurture and feed our spirit because we are fighting against spiritual wickedness in high places. This country is going to get dark. And it ain't going to just be dark because of who's in office. It's going to be dark because of the spirit that's loose in the land. And we better be sure and understand we're going to be fighting against that spirit that's loose in this world. Our enemy, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Get you a fasting life and you won't be getting eat up. You know what a natural lion does? He likes to uh, devour the flesh, eat the flesh. And that's what the, this roaring lion is trying to do. He's trying to, to get your flesh. He's trying to get you to do things in your flesh. But you know what? When we pray and fast, you may not devour me. Get behind me. Get behind me, Satan. You have nothing in me. You have no, the, the enemy's going to come, you say, but he has nothing in me. Nothing because I've overcome him through my fasting, through my prayer life, and I'm getting ready to end right, right here. The scripture said that Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness. In Romans chapter 8, verse 13 and 14, and I, you can stand with me. I'm going to get done right here. I've got, to, I've got to stop, I know. In Romans 8, I think, yeah. Romans 8, 13 and 14. He said, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit, that's why I say fasting is a spiritual thing. Jesus was led of the Spirit. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you'll live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Well, he's the son of God. We're the sons of God. I'm never more like him than when I'm being led by the Spirit. And the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted and he fasted and prayed. He, his temptation was coming, and he knew to overcome it, it was going to take something else. And so he fasted 40 days. And so let me tell you, you say, oh, I'm being led by the Spirit. And if you are, it's going to lead you to fast. It's going to lead you to a place where you'll fast and pray. And, and, and in the same place in, in Galatians, Paul wrote again in, in, to the Galatians that, that if we're led of the Spirit, we're not under the the flesh. We don't have to give in to the flesh when we're led by the Spirit. Let the Spirit lead you into fasting. As we go all in this year, who knows? Maybe, maybe we won't even be here for all of 2021. Maybe He'll come back and get us. But while we're here, why not go all in and add to your prayer life fasting? Add to your Bible reading fasting. Add to your church attendance fasting. All these things are important. All these things are vital. Do these things. Pray, fast, give. Do these things. Because Jesus said he expected it of us. When you pray, when you fast, when you give, praise God.
We're going to make it. But we're going to see, we're going to see some incredible things before. We, we, hey, nothing's going to compare to heaven. But we're going to see some pretty incredible things here before it's over with. We're going to see the glory of God in this place, in our lives, in our church, in our city, in our families. But it's going to come through prayer and fasting. Let's find a place in the altar to pray for a few moments tonight before we go. Make a commitment to the Lord. If you're on this 40-day fast, if you've been struggling, talk to the Lord. God, I want to do this. I want to finish this. Help me. Give me strength. If you haven't started it yet and you want to start with us, there's copies of the fast up here. Go ahead and jump in here and start with us. We'd love to have you fast with us this year. God bless you in Jesus' name.
What a great God. Thank you, Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. What a great God. Thankful for his word. I'm thankful for what he's given us in his word. And let's follow the Lord. Let's follow him in fastings. Let's see God do some great things. Amen. Praise God. The Lord willing, we'll see you here on Sunday at 11 o'clock. Hey, here's a, a, a neat thing. Uh, Saturday at 4 o'clock, I'm, I am meeting Sister Phyllis Worthy here, and her mother is going to be baptized in Jesus' name. And, yep, she, she has been promising to do that for years. She got the Holy Ghost years ago at Brother of Hearts Church, and... Um, she had uh, this thing happen. I don't even know what it was called on her legs, but she had these open wounds on her legs. And so she was afraid all these years to get baptized because she's afraid they'd get infected, something would happen. But they've closed up and healed up a point where she says, I've got to get baptized. So she's, I think she's 83, 84 in that area. She's 85 maybe. And, and so I'm uh, going to baptize her, the Lord willing, Saturday. In Jesus' name. So be in prayer for that, that nothing happens, nothing hinders that, because Sister Phyllis has been crying and praying and fasting for this a long time. And so we're just excited. That's, that's fantastic for that family. Amen. Praise God. So we'll see you Sunday at 11 o'clock, and then 12 o'clock, we're going to have a great time. Invite somebody to the house of the Lord. Time's winding up. People need to get in church. Praise God. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.